0: and welcome to this week's Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm Tash. I'm Becky. And I'm Emma. Hi. Hello. Hiya. Do you ever like, you know when you answer the phone or, well, basically just answer the phone because I don't know if you could do it face to face, just sort of like say hello, but in a really weird way.
1: Well, like, hello. Everybody's <laughs> got their phone voice, right?
0: No, but a phone voice, yes, but like... You know, when you answer the phone, you're like, hello, 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 or just something weird.
1: Oh, to be honest, so yeah. the only way I answer the phone these days is, what? Because I know it's oh. a fucking cold caller. Do you? Oh, every single time. Do you have a
0: landline, though? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't have a landline.
1: So it either hangs up instantly or somebody's like, some, I don't know, trying to sell me something. And I'm like, Do you
0: answer your phone in English or French? Uh,
1: mostly English, I think. Just yeah. to She case. shouts it in German to scare <laughs> everyone away. Yeah! Guten <laughs> <Good> Tag! <dang! laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should. That would really put the fuckers <laughs> off from ringing me back.
0: <laughs> oh. uh. Anyway, should we get into it?
1: <laughs> Why not? It's episode 29 and Becky to start. Yeah. Let's get on. Yeah. Get on to the murder. murder. Get on to
0: the murder, murder, murder. murder. Get on to it. The, the murder. murder. <laughs> Forever singing. Yeah.
2: So this story begins with Jamaica Yvonne Whitehead, so nicknamed Nikki.
0: Sorry, repeat that name.
2: Jamika Yvonne Whitehead.
0: But the nickname is Nikki. <laughs> yeah, how did they get Nikki out of that? I don't know.
1: <laughs> but I can see why they'd want to nickname her something else.
2: Yeah, it's quite a long name, isn't it? It's
1: a bit of a mouthful.
2: Anyway, her nickname is Nikki with two Ks. Okay. Two Ks
0: and an I. Oh, yeah. She's obviously cool.
2: Yeah. So she got pregnant and gave birth to twins at the age of seventeen.
0: Holy shit!
2: Yeah, is that quite rare though? Twins at such a young age. I thought it was like well, a... it depends
0: if they're fraternal or identical twins. Yeah, so identical twins that can happen to anyone, can't it? Because it's the eggs that split. Yeah. Whereas uh, fraternal twins is when two eggs are released. So they often don't happen in late pregnancies because your body's basically like, ah, we want you to have babies. And so your body releases more than one egg at a time. And that's why fraternal twins happens. And that's why you have a baby brother and sister. Yes, it is. Shout out to Darcy and Sebastian. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Do you want to know a random cat fact? Go on. Cats can cat get fact. pregnant by multiple male cats at the same time. Oi, oi. Like when they have a litter of a kittens. A gangbang. <laughs> Not like literally at the same time, but like they could have a, a few goes in the same few days, yeah? Well,
0: cats are hoes when they are in season,
1: aren't they? 100%. Oh, terrible. Meow, But meow. yeah, a
0: litter of kittens
1: don't all have to have the same dad.
2: Is that why they're all different colours? Yeah, the different coloured cats is from different coloured dads.
1: Possibly, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously the 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 mum genes have something to do with it, but if yeah. you like have a grey cat and she has, I don't know, two grey cats, a black cat, and a pink and white one, then yeah, it's probably multiple dads. Yeah. There you go. Random cat lady fact. So hold on.
0: I've got a question about cats. Tell me. if I like black cats and ginger cats, like a different breed of cat.
2: No. No. They're European cats, but just have different colour
0: hair like me and you.
1: You've got European short hair, European long hair, and they're basically just like moggies.
0: Yeah? Yeah, like regular cats that you see about in the street, yeah?
1: Yeah, like a dog would be a mutt, yeah? Yeah. Yeah.
0: But like a mutt, mixed breed dogs, you can still look at a mixed breed dog and be like, oh, yeah, that's a Labrador, isn't it? Yeah, but it's a Labrador
1: cross. It's still a mongrel.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so.
1: (laughs) I mean, if you would do a DNA test on a cat, loads of different breeds would come out, but it still doesn't make it any less of a... Moggy. Moggy. Yeah,
0: I suppose it's just because I don't know much about cats, whereas I know loads of different breeds of dogs, and I just don't of cats.
1: Anyway, so Nikki, seventeen. So yeah,
0: so Nikki, seventeen, had
2: twins. So were
1: they fraternal
2: or identical? They're they're identical, but
1: one of them has a mole
2: on their face, so that's how you tell them apart. Okay. Anyway, so Nikki didn't get the best start in life. She herself was born in prison. Oh. On the eighteenth of April, nineteen
1: seventy-five. That's definitely not the best start, is it?
2: No. So it was on actually on the twenty seventh of November, nineteen ninety three, that she gave birth to her twins, Taz Maya and Jazz She nicknamed them Taz and Jazz. Taz and Jazz. That kind of makes sense. A little bit more than Nikki from Jamaica. Mm. So Nikki and her daughters lived in Nikki's grandmother's house. So her grandmother was called Della. So that's the girl's great grandma. Yep. So they lived together until the girls were 7 years old. In 2000, a 25-year-old Nikki met 55-year-old truck driver Robert Heed, and it wasn't long before they moved in together.
0: Yeah, nice.
2: Yeah. So, happy families.
1: So, is that like 30-year age gap?
2: Yeah, 30-year age gap. The twins were very very close to their grandmother since Nikki was
0: Shagging a truck driver.
2: Yeah, she was. Um, for most of their lives, she was a sp- like a random presence in their life, not seeing them for quite a while, and then being there all the time. You know,
1: unreliable. So remain... Some would say.
2: Yeah, she's been a bit of a you know, like those deadbeat dads, like those typical that kind of attitude towards parenting. Yeah, a deadbeat parent kind of thing, but she still was there. And when she was there, apparently, she was really there for her kids. So they mainly stayed at their great grandmother's house all the time, and a mum pops in every now and again. So right. her the great grandmother actually had part custody for the girls because they were staying there so much.
0: Yeah, she had like parental rights.
2: Yeah. So, in 2007, Nikki demanded full custody of the girls, so Della handed them over, eventually. But the decision soon backfired, because the twins were not fond of their mother at all. They found her rules suffocating, the friction in their relationship resulting in constant fights. The fights would also turn into physically violent exchanges so this was when they were growing up and they're more in the tweens you know in the 1314 the twins actually made seven juvenile court appearances because of the need for repeated police interventions they would often argue with their mother about things like you know how much they can use their mobile phone their mother wanted to control everything that they were doing and the girls did seem to have a few behavioral problems But they were exasperated by the presence of their mother.
1: I was going to say, I mean, no shit, really. It's not surprising. Exactly. It sounds a
2: lot like twin, you know, teen drama as well. Everything's a big thing. Like, if your mum says, oh, I don't want you to have your phone. And then if your mum hasn't been relatively perfect throughout your whole life, which Nikki, you know, she was so young when she had the children and other reasons she wasn't there for them all the time. Kids pick you apart, man. (laughs) Their relationship was so strained that the full custody of the twins was eventually given back to Della, so they went back to their great-grandmother's house. However, in 2010, the court ordered a two-week trial period for the twins to live with their mother. It was a decision that would destroy all of their lives. The twins returned to their mother's house on January 5th. On the 13th of January, one of the girls went into the bathroom to find the whole room covered in blood. And then she looked down and saw the lifeless body of their mother laying in the bath.
1: But she killed herself.
2: There was blood everywhere. It looked like the bathroom from It. Nikki's body had been stabbed more than 80 times.
1: So she did not kill herself.
2: Yeah, and her school was smashed in with a vase.
1: Definitely not suicide.
2: I'm thinking not. So the girls called the police straight away.
1: The priest?
2: The the police <laughs> I was gonna say.
1: Called the priest! Police first, then the priest.
2: <laughs> yeah. Priest later. So the twins called the police straight away. The detective said that the gruesome manner in which Nikki was murdered made them think that it was a crime of passion. So crime of passion are are characterized as crimes that show an element of revenge or vengeance. So these sorts of crimes are committed by someone the victim knows and are usually, hence the 80 stab marks.
0: I mean, that's a lot, isn't it? It's overkill. Yeah, that's like... That and a vase to the head. Yeah, yeah. Did you say vase,
2: vase, vase? Do you mean a vase, vase? Yeah, it's because it's 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 not written how it's said, is it? <laughs> some people some people call it a vase, don't they? Mm, Americans call it a vase. I think I always call it a vase, so I don't know why I said vase.
0: The vase is is the correct way to say it, but hey, <laughs> I'm not sure. I think people say both, tash vase no, and vase. I think it's tomato, tomato. One of no, those things. yeah, as in. Tomato is what Americans say and tomato is what English people say. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, I'm not sure. Do you say vase, Emma? No, I say vase. (laughs) Yeah, how it's meant to be said. (laughs) (laughs) Americans, what do you say? But they say vase?
1: Uh, They might not.
0: Well, I think they do.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to ask Brian and Eric when we go on there. (laughs) Yes initially detectives looked at the boyfriend as it was a crime of passion it makes sense
1: so this is the trucker yeah
2: yeah so robert remember him (laughs) the 30 yeah the 55 year old trucker so robert was distraught and showing all of the quote normal signs of early grieving you know shock shock disbelief sadness You know, those...
0: I don't, those Sorry, it was the way you were saying it that made me chuckle. Not that he was feeling those things. <laughs> you were like, a
1: disbelief and sadness. <laughs> <laughs>
2: detectives also spoke to Taz and Jazz. And they, the girls would eventually tell detectives that their mother had a secret boyfriend. Bum,
1: bum, bum.
2: bum dot, dot, dot. Well,
1: oh, there you go.
2: A guy called Joe.
1: It's always a Joe, isn't it?
2: I wonder if he was standing outside in his baseball cap being all freaky like the guy from You.
1: Mm. Have you never watched that? Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Yeah. So the girl said that Robert had actually found out about Joe and confronted Nikki. After running several DNA tests, Robert was cleared as a suspect. Despite looking everywhere and through nikki's phone no records of this joe were ever found right and then during the investigation police officers noted the peculiar behavior of jazz and taz the girls didn't seem very affected by the death of their mother and the fact that it was a pretty brutal murder that they had and they were the ones that had found her their her body yeah Mm. Uh, on mm. several occasions they appeared very very critical of their mother and were basically just slagging her off to police and also the one of the police officers caught the girl one of the girls biting her arm during the interview biting
0: her own arm
2: i biting her own arm
1: well
0: that's strange and how old are they at this point point?
2: 17 oh
0: that is weird
2: Uh, yeah it's not like they were i don't know six and they just do random shit yeah um but yeah
1: what like in a self-harmy way or like a stressing
2: but i don't know i don't think she bit it to blood like a bite in my i don't know bite your arm that's what kind she looked like
1: like you chew your nails or
2: I think just biting down, not actually chewing at the skin, but just biting. It might
0: be, you know, like when you're anxious. I don't know if you do it, but like if you're anxious, like you pull at your skin or might be like that, mightn't it? A bit like a stress relief. Yeah, yeah. maybe.
2: But I don't think she's playing it cool at all with this whole I'm going to put my well, arm quite. in my mouth.
0: It's quite obvious doing that, isn't it? Yeah. It's all sounding a bit
1: suspicious. I mean...
0: I'm bit. no detective, but I'm seeing, uh, some big red flags sp- sp- over here.
2: Yeah. So they asked her why she was biting her arm. And, um, they asked her around, and apparently she had a habit of biting herself under stress. So due to this, uh, twins' behaviour, the police became pretty suspicious of them and questioned them further. And they came to see there were quite a few things that didn't quite add up with the story so on the day of the murder the twins told police that they were 10 minutes late to school however when they did the necessary checks they realized that they didn't turn up to school until much later than 10 minutes oh dear the police also questioned them separately but were unable to find any concrete evidence Police's suspicion regarding the twins rested solely on circumstantial evidence so far. Reluctantly, they let the twins go, there was nothing to hold them on. The twins were sent off to live at their grandmother's for four months. The investigation was still ongoing during this time. Eventually, forensic tests uncovered some interesting facts. A piece of hair had been found in Nicky's mouth. DNA test revealed that the hair belonged to one of the girls and it had been caught in Nikki's teeth due to biting someone in while she was trying to defend herself. Police officers could draw a connection between the evidence and the bite marks on one of the girl's arms uh, uh, that was taken at the time and then a mold was, was made of Nikki's teeth and it matched the photograph taken by the police of one of the girl's bruises and The the bite mark on the arm, so the girl that kept biting her arm was biting her arm to cover up the bruise that she already had.
0: Ah. I see what she did there, but maybe don't do that in front of the police officers. No, but she was doing it on purpose in front of the police. On purpose to be like, oh,
2: sorry, it's my nervous tick, a nervous Ah. thing that I do. Crafty little boogers.
1: Evil genius.
2: (laughs) So, in May 2010, the girls were charged with murder. Both of them pleaded not guilty and argued that they were innocent. In January 2014, Taz eventually pled guilty after negotiating with her attorney to a lesser charge of voluntary manslaughter. But she was sentenced to 30 years behind bars. And in February 2014, Jazz pleaded guilty to the same charge and was given the same sentence as her sister. So during the trial, the girls had had required to admit what they had done and they revealed horrific details of their crimes. They both had been plotting to kill their mother for some time and after killing their mother, they went back to school to secure an alibi. They also cleaned the crime scene to hide their involvement. They also maintained a journal... Where they both wrote in detail about how much they hated their mother, and when the girls began stabbing their mother, she managed to escape the house, and they had to drag her back in. They had to smash her on her head with a with a vase and drag her back into the house. So that's basically what happens.
0: How did nobody see them dragging her back into the house?
2: I don't know. It depends on the setup of the house, doesn't Trudor. it? It depends when it happens. And Robert must have been out trucking, being a trucker. And uh wasn't there.
1: So the the whole Rob the boyfriend was completely made up?
2: Completely made up, yeah. And if you've got a secret boyfriend, you text him on a phone.
0: It could have been the perfect crime if, if her mum hadn't bitten her.
2: Yeah. That's the only really bit of evidence that they had. Cause the bite mark things, I don't think there is... I don't know. It's not 100% evidence, you know... You don't know how someone's going to bruise,
0: how do you kill
1: your mum though cause she was horr- she was obviously horrible to them, and they had an horrible upbringing and
2: i I didn't get all the details, and obviously we weren't there their mum her mum sounded like a bit of a letdown, and probably a little bit controlling.
1: I'm not saying she deserved it,
2: yeah, i'm not I don't think she deserved it. But when you're a teenager, everything seems like the end of the world. But,
0: I mean, I've never been in a situation as a teenager where I wanted to kill someone.
2: Well, I wanted to kill someone.
0: That's mad, isn't it? No. No, me
1: neither. I'm actually they, like, shocked. proper did yeah. it, didn't they? Like,
0: they weren't fucking about. They were not like, angry. They're devil twins. That's what they are.
2: Yeah, let me go on the chat a second. I'll send you a picture of them. They're babies. They look so young.
0: I'm actually, I don't know why I'm so shocked by this one. This does happen. Oh,
2: oh yeah, of course it does. Yeah, look, how I know that they were 17, but they look so tiny.
0: Oh, my God. They're babies.
2: You see how tiny they are? They look like they're 11.
1: That's mad.
0: Shocking. But it does
1: happen, Tash, quite a lot. No, you do no, hear I, about I kids find it killing their parents. Yeah. No,
0: it's just really shocked me.
1: I don't think
2: yeah I don't think even when I was a teenager full of all the hormones I don't think I even t- called my mum a bitch before
1: No god no I would be terrified to call my mum no, that I don't
0: know that I did
1: <laughs> You Respect your elders man
2: Well yeah I just I think you have respect for your parents even though they do your head in sometimes yeah. like I wouldn't There's limits isn't there I did the whole you know it's not fair and upstairs slammed the door but I've never called never called my mum a bitch
0: that's mad, that. Oh, thanks, I Bex. think I may have called
2: my dad a dickhead a few times. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> when I was younger, but that's probably it. All done in jest. There we are. Well,
1: well thanks, Bex. Don't have kids. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Too late. Let's just hope ours all turn out okay and don't hold grudges.
0: I just hope they don't kill me. Yeah. Yeah. Have a conversation with them tomorrow, might, girls, um, you yeah. know. I might get rid of all the vases in my house. I thought you were going
2: to say I might get rid of them. <laughs> the girls. So many deadly weapons. I-, I want to know more about this hospital's ghosts. Is it that? Oh, that you're
0: carrying on? Oh, so good. I'm so glad. Yeah, part
1: part two. two is a-coming. And then next week will be the final part, part three, yeah? And then we're off for a break, guys. After our 30th episode, we're having a little break.
0: We are indeed.
1: And then we'll be back. Okay, so, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I suggest that you go back and listen to that before listening to this, otherwise you're going to be thoroughly confused, because this is...
0: And that's like a mother's suggestion, you know, like when you suggest something, and it's not a suggestion, it's actually going to yeah. do it now.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> um, last week we heard all about the ghosts of Sarah, Tabitha, Bonnie, Jeremy, and Robert, Right.
0: Oh yeah, Robert was yeah.
1: the one that had been burnt, wasn't he? No, Jeremy Jeremy no, was Jeremy. the one that had been burnt, Robert was the one that had all the banter. Yeah, bants. This week I'm going to introduce you to a few more. <gasps> I'm excited. So to start off, let's start off with little Thomas. Thomas? Thomas, yes. Hello Thomas. Little Thomas. Now, to begin with, he only really showed any activity around a lady called Dusty Kingston, who was a co-owner of Asalem 49. Uh She never saw him, but would feel a cold little hand slip into hers and have her trousers tugged as if something or someone was trying to get her attention. This only really happened in room one of the hospital. Now, it has to be noted that out of the Halloween season, most of the haunted house decorations are removed, and the hospital is restored to its usual looking state, meaning an abandoned hospital, so they put all the beds back and just kind of set it out as a hospital
0: That's weird
1: well, they do it for the paranormal tours because when they're not in their Halloween season, they're doing on the ghost tours oh, oh
0: okay, fine that's a, that's not weird. sharp tash. what do you want about?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the people that come to do the ghost tours can really get a feel of how everything would have been when it was all up and running. Yep, yeah. They even go as far as to make the beds all crisp with white sheets nice. and all properly assembled in the various rooms. So one evening, Kim was getting ready to give a tour. Each tour starts with a run through of the cast and owners own experiences, plus the EVPs or photos that visitors have taken. At this time, little Thomas was not included and no one really knew much about him. Kim then quickly goes round and checks that everything is in place, ready for the tours. On this particular night, he was very miffed to find that some of the beds had been unmade. He assumed that it must have been the visitors from the previous group and thought, you know, that's not very respectful kind of thing. Bit rude. Mm. and he quickly remade the beds then he began his tour with his group only to find that more beds had been unmade annoyed he got a cast member to remake all the beds ready for the next tour and i'm pretty sure you can guess what happened to the sheets yet again
0: someone don't want those beds being made
1: they were all rumpled and scrunched up so now he's thinking someone's playing a prank on him so as the tours gained in popularity, Kim noticed that sometimes the beds would be intact and sometimes they'd be all messed up. Now, checking the security cameras, they noticed that they never caught anyone going in or out of the rooms to explain, you know, who's doing this. And so the unmade beds remained a mystery until one day they got a call from a psychic medium asking if she could just come for a walkthrough in the hospital to see what she could pick up. They agreed and they revealed nothing to her as she walked around until she arrived at room one. She turned to them and said, there's a little boy in here called Thomas and he's talking about sheets. Kim replied, the sheets that used to hang from the ceiling, referring to the old maze where he had first had his otherworldly encounter. No, no, she said. I mean sheets like on beds. Kim said, well, yeah, we have got sheets on all the beds. We, We make them up for all the tours. And she said, well, apparently Thomas likes to jump on the beds and mess up all the sheets. And so the mystery was resolved and Thomas now had a name. He was apparently one of Tuella's earliest settlers. And even though he grew to be an old man, he much preferred to reveal himself as a child and get up to lots of childish mischief. So that's in room one. So now we're going to room two. I feel like every single room in this hospital has a story. It's incredible.
2: Yeah, it's very full. Yeah, that's what I like about it. (laughs) it
1: is very full. Um, Oh God, I'd, I'd love to go here. So in room two, people have reported seeing the apparition of an elderly lady. People would just glimpse her out of the corner of their eye, but upon closer inspection, they couldn't see anything at all. Her identity was unknown until one guy on a ghost tour who claimed to be a sensitive said that he could sense the presence of an older woman in room two. Curious to get more information, Kim and Cammie asked him if he could get a name or something that they could research. He said her name began with an E, but couldn't understand what it was. He said it was something like Eva or Edith. He then concentrated a bit more, as if listening to something that no one else could hear. He said... Oh, she's a sassy lady and she's asking it for a little bit more recognition. Not too much, but at least a little. She said she would just like to be acknowledged during the tours and that room two was her room. She also requested a pillow and a deck of cards. So one day a lady contacted Cammie asking if whilst they were in the area, she could bring her two kids to visit as it had been the hospital where she'd been born. And she wanted to show them where she, you know, where she was born. That's weird. I know, but this is what the lady wanted. (laughs)
0: That is weird, isn't it? Come and look where I was born. (laughs) That's like when I come back next week, me taking the kids to where they were born. They'll be like, okay, it's a (laughs) hospital. Thanks,
2: mum.
1: Great day out. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) okay, you two, go walk around cemetery.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is fun, all right? I had a yep. lovely day today, thank you. I love
2: walking around cemeteries.
0: So fun. Yeah, me too. Well, not fun. Yeah, but... we've
1: established this.
0: Well, I had a lovely time with my niece today, actually, at the cemetery, so fuck you all.
1: <laughs> fuck you all. I'm agreeing <laughs> with you, babe. <laughs> well, it's not. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not all, it's just me. Just fuck, fuck me. Fuck you, then. <laughs> just fuck me.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Becky, you are unfucked. oh. <laughs> oh well you're never bloody happy are you yeah Uh,
2: as is the way of the woman come on then back (laughs) (laughs) back to the
0: story
1: so cammy accepted and the two organized to meet as they wandered to the hospital the two kids were of course more interested in finding out all about the ghosts that they'd seen on on the um famous tv show ghost adventures have you you guys seen ghost adventures
0: no but um, it sounds great
1: it's very famous. It's like the most famous I mean, I'll ghost in show.
0: Has it been around for quite a few years?
1: Yeah, it's that guy Zach Baggins. Ba- oh yeah, hasn't Yeah. Yes. But they did a show, and in fact I think there were two shows at Asylum 49. And anyway, so these kids had seen those shows and they were obviously like more interested in where are the ghosts? Who are the ghosts? What was it like to meet the proper team from ghost adventures a lot more interesting than just saying oh this is where your mum was born (laughs) yeah yes so cammy started to give them a very child-friendly ghost tour and when they reached room two she said this is a room of an elderly lady who likes visitors but not too often she likes playing cards and we think her name begins with e to cammy's surprise the lady's face changed. And she looked completely shocked. She says, "I think that was my grandmother's room," and she explained that her grandma's name was Eva, and she loved to play pinochle. Is that how you pronounce yeah. that? Well, it's yeah, a, a card game, I imagine pin, pinochle. Uh, and she said they were really close, and she she misses her so much. So Cami said, "Well, you know, go go in and." Have a look round. So the lady walked into room two and just stood at the end of the bed, explaining to her kids that this is where she would stand when she was visiting her grandma. Cammy said, "You can talk to her if you like," and then stepped back to give the family some privacy. There was no paranormal activity for the for the lady that day, but she did say when she left that she'd send a picture of her grandma to Cammy to see if they recognised her, as she'd been seen quite a few times. And as promised, Cammy received the pic and sent it to Misty. Does everybody remember Misty? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. M- Misty's the resident psychic, psychic. medium. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She gave her no other indication of who it might be or where it was from, and Misty just said, "Oh my God, that's the woman in Room Two. Where did you find her photo?" So, in further conversations between Cammy and the granddaughter of Eva, it turns out that Eva's daughter was called Edith. Both are the names that the first sensitive had picked up on.
0: Yeah. Do you remember? Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: So, that's room two. So, now it's going to get a bit spooky. Spooky.
0: Yeah. Spooky, spooky,
1: spooky. And a, a bit sweary as well. Ooh. Just... Putting that out there. Not that actually oh. no, because we swear all the time. So I'm gonna say we've sworn
2: loads of times since the beginning of this. <laughs> I mean, I've told you
0: both to fuck off.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: And I've been unfucked once. <laughs> so now on to room six, or is it is now known six six six.
0: Oh no.
1: Two extra sixes have been added to, um, because it's a haunt and a haunted house, obviously, they've added.
0: No, I see what they did there.
1: Yeah, to add yeah. to the effect. Yeah. that's. You but know. also because the ghosts that reside in this room are not very nice. So room six belongs to Wesley. Back in the days when Asylum 49 was a functioning hospital... Wesley had been a long-term resident as he suffered from Alzheimer's. Oh,
0: oh no, that's my saddest thing. I hate... Oh, it just makes me feel so sad.
1: Yeah, it's a horrendous illness. So he spent most of his time in his room. He was known to be very unpredictable, in the sense that you never knew what you were going to get from him. Sometimes he was a nice old chap, perfectly normal, and other times he was an angry and aggressive confused man which is you know understandable it seems that in death heartbreakingly as it is wesley has kept the same confused and temperamental personality (sighs) on ghost tours people are invited to stand in his doorway and ask permission to come in reportedly he's either in a good and welcoming mood and people can feel themselves being pulled into the room Or if he takes a dislike to someone or is having a bad day, then they can get violently pushed out of the doorway, in which case it is safer to leave Wesley alone. That
0: genuinely makes me so sad. Mm. How sad is that, that even in death, he had no, like, respite from that horrible disease?
1: It is. But as we said last week, the part of Wesley that was fine and happy and not sick is
0: probably already yeah, in the light. I, was, I know, uh, I it gone. still makes yeah. me feel sad. It is believed
1: that Wesley is not alone in room six and that another shadowy figure and a quite malicious one stays in there with him too. People have come to recognise the shadow spirit of Wesley walking out of his room at the end of the hallway, which he does quite a lot, and the other more aggressive entity that also walks the same path. So again, you know, that could be a reason why Wesley acts the way he does. Maybe he's trapped in with this horrible other spirit, you know. So one night, Cammy was with her fellow paranormal investigator, and they were at one end of the hallway watching what they thought to be Wesley pacing back and forth at the other end of the corridor. But something was a bit off... This figure was pacing with such speed that it almost appeared smeared and blurred, something they had never known Wesley to do. They tried speaking to it calmly, asking, Why are you so upset? What's wrong? Is there anything we can do to help? The figure seemed to calm down, and then just vanished, only to reappear in the middle of the hallway, closer to the two women before vanishing again and resuming its pacing back and forth at the end of the hallway. They both started to feel a little nervous as this weird behaviour that carried on over and over every time getting closer and closer to them before returning to the end of the corridor. One time, it shuffled its way close to them by sliding against the wall. Every time it returned back in front of room six, it was asked to please remain there. But these requests were ignored, and it continued to inch closer and closer to the two not-so-very-comfortable ladies. At one point, it stopped right in front of the doorway and just stood there, staring at the women. And they just stared back, too nervous to take their eyes off it. And then, to their absolute horror, the thing bent over to get on all fours and started crawling towards them.
2: Aww. Ooh, that backwards crawl like on the grudge
1: no or normal crawl well if you can call it a normal crawl not a backwards crawl not a back it's slightly less creepy than the, the backwards crawl yeah but still it's a shadow figure crawling towards yeah. you at night standing or crawling it's going to be freaky isn't it yeah so neither of them dared to move until the entity was right in front of them and stood back up on its two legs right over Cammy's friend. I think it's time to go, Cammy said. And as her friend got up to leave, the shadow figure just vanished.
0: That's weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, can you imagine that looming over you though? I mean, that, I don't know. When I read that, that proper freaked me out. Just this thing scurrying on all fours and then just like, towering over them. Yeah, it's not normal, mate. That's a no from me. Yeah. No, no. No. So... Now we're back to Richard Estep. So Richard Estep is the author of the book I'm using as a reference for the story. And he's also a paranormal investigator. And Mm -hmm. last week he was doing a six-day investigation at Asylum 49. So we're back to him now. Okay. So he's there with his team doing their six-day investigation. This is all happening over the Halloween period of 2015. Mm Mm-hmm. So on this particular night, they decided to investigate Room 6 using their spirit box. Now, a spirit box is a machine that uses radio frequencies. It goes back and forth, providing white noise, which some investigators believe allows spirits to be able to talk to them. Okay. So Richard stayed in the security centre watching his team through the CCTV. So his team is Sean, Robin, Jennifer... Caitlin, Jen, and Randy. hmm Randy. <laughs> so they fired up the spirit box and asked the usual questions until one of them asked, do you want to communicate? And a voice came through the spirit box and said, stay back. And then they said, do you want Robin to stay back? To which they got, by the wall, as a response. Robin did not budge and the spirit answered her a disobedience by calling her a c-word. Oh. Rude.
0: Yeah. That is
1: rude. That's rude. Especially for a ghost. The investigators were stunned by what they had just heard, and Robin was now rather pissed off, understandably. Back up, said the voice again. So this is all through the spirit box, yeah?
2: Yeah.
1: Back up, back up. What you gonna do now? Like that? <laughs> Probably. No. No.
0: Move, not, bitch, like... get out the way. Get out the way, bitch, move. What's... More like that, what perhaps? You... <laughs> it's
1: fun doing a podcast with you too. <laughs> 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 so then a different voice said, Get out. Sean went to get Richard as he was sure he would not want to miss the intelligent responses they were getting from the spirit box. Robin asked if they could say her name. The answer to this was, bend over really as richard had now joined them she moved further into the darkness of room six to give him her spot on the doorway i mean robin you're brave you're definitely braver than me because there's no way in hell after having all that said to me that i'd be moving closer to it no
0: me
1: neither no nope so who's the man standing in the door they asked idiot was the response jesus yeah this guy's not very pleasant who do you want to back off robin was the answer said twice by two different voices and a few seconds later it said estep can you say his last name again please and the response came as arsehole oh. who is in there wes was the reply as in wesley do you want us to stay or leave you alone? Get out was yet again the reply. Now, know. these folks, are uh, they're a damn sight braver than me because at the first get out, I would have obliged. And I also never think,
0: were. I know like they're dead and their spirits and whatever, but I feel I have a bit of respect. They're not the ones that were swearing. No, but he has sold them to get out. So just get out. Yeah, exactly. Like respect that. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at.
1: That He made it very clear from the start that he was not interested in any of it. Look, I feel like let's not play
0: with fire here, guys. The geezers told you to get out. Just get out. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Albeit a dead geezer.
1: Word. And I would have been out there. At that first get out, I'd have been like, okay, bye. And I certainly would not have been going even further into the room. No,
0: me no. No, no, no. But then...
1: That's probably why I'm not a paranormal investigator. Well, quite. Mm. People have reported being pushed and slammed against walls in this room, resulting in visible bruises. Many have also been scratched pretty badly, leaving big red swollen lines on their skin. So back in the days when the hospital was open and operating, it had, of course, a staff lounge and a kitchen, a place where the staff could just go and take a well-deserved rest and break during their long shifts. These rooms are now haunted by three spirits, so first of all, I'm going to talk about two of them. One is a little boy that is always seen with the other that's a man. They both appear in shadow form, but they both seem harmless enough. On one investigation, Kim had taken a group of investigators into one of these rooms and said, Just watch the doorway for the little boy. And sure enough, a little shadow head popped round the door frame as if peeping inside at them. Kim placed the torch on the ground in the doorway. Could you please turn the light on for us? he asked. To the absolute astonishment of the group, they saw the little figure move shyly towards the torch and sure enough turned it on. This lasted around half an hour with the little boy using the torch to answer the various questions he was asked. Two flashes for yes, one for no, or something along those lines, I imagine. And then he just vanished, and the torch remained untouched. This concluded a late night for Kim, and he waved the ghost hunters goodbye and locked up. He was really tired and just wanted to go home to bed. Once home, he went to the bathroom before finally getting into bed. He turned the light off as he left for the bedroom. And before he could even get near his bed, the light switched back on again. He thought, oh, that's a bit weird. But at this point, he was just so tired, he didn't give it much thought. So he went back over to the bathroom and turned the light off. But as he turned round to go back towards his bedroom, he heard the click of the switch. And sure enough, the light was back off. Nope. Mm. Now he knew that he had been followed home. Now, remember the rule that we talked about in last week's episode? No spirits are allowed to go home with the staff. So he was more annoyed at this point than anything. And he went back to the bathroom and he turned the light off, shouting, Not tonight. Let me get some sleep. Just leave the light off. He turned to leave the room and tried this time to make it to his bed when he heard an almighty noise coming from the bathroom. It was a loud crashing and clattering. So he rushed back to see what had happened, and sure enough, the entire bathroom was in complete disarray. He was so tired, he just left the mess and went to go and get into bed. I mean, God, how biased is he? Because I would be, like, leaving <laughs>
0: the house. Yeah, but I'd... he's so used to it, isn't he? And he, he probably, yeah. as much as, yes, is clearly one of the ghosts there, he would have felt if it wasn't. A, a nasty presence, wasn't, wouldn't
1: he? Because he's so
0: used to it. Yeah. So
1: he was so tired he just left the mess and went to get into bed. And just as he was nodding off, he heard the sound of footsteps at the end of his bed. He turned to look mm. w- which spirit had followed him home and he saw the tall man and the little boy just pacing at the bottom of his bed. So at this point he's cross because not only are they breaking the rules but they're now stopping him from sleeping yeah so he pointed at the man and said you can't be here go home the man instantly vanished he then looked at the little boy and a little more calmly said you can stay but be quiet so the little boy sat down at the bottom of his bed and kim finally got some well-deserved sleep The next day was pretty uneventful. There was another ghost tour in the evening and Kim yet again finished work late and was very much looking forward to bedtime. However, when he arrived home, he instantly felt uneasy. There was a weird foreboding atmosphere in his house. He wondered if it was because of what had happened the night before and just chose to ignore it. He climbed into bed, but he still felt uncomfortable, like he was being watched. But eventually, after what seemed like forever, he drifted off to sleep. It didn't feel like he'd been asleep for long when he was awoken by a smell. A rancid, putrid smell of what he can only describe as rotting flesh. It filled his... yes, that's never a good sign. No. Nope. So it filled his nose and it hit the back of his throat, making him gag. He tried to get up to go find out what on earth was making the smell only to realise he was pinned to the bed by something, something heavy. It was crushing his chest, making it hard to breathe. And just to add to the fun, he started to see what was crushing him. It was a black, solid mass and very obviously malicious. He thought to himself, there is no way I'm dying like this, and then summoned all his strength and pushed the mass away as he stood up, kind of ready for a fight. But as he kind of gathered himself the spirit vanished and Kim could breathe again. I doubt very much, though, that he had a very good night's sleep after that. Nah Nah, probably not.
0: Nah. No. Yeah, that's mad, isn't it?
2: So I don't think I'd be sleeping for the next few days if that was me. No.
1: Or years. <laughs> yeah. Or
0: ever. Never. Again. again.
1: Never again. So he kept this experience to himself but it wasn't the first time that Ghost Hunters or the Asylum 49 staff had seen this solid black entity but usually it just stayed in one area of the kitchen and it either hovered in one place or stayed away from anyone. This was a new thing that it suddenly felt it was okay to follow Kim home and to show aggression. He went on with his daily routine for the next week almost forgetting about the terrifying experience. I mean what
0: (laughs) almost forgetting (laughs) after a week well but it's part of his life isn't it oh yeah yeah i mean to us
1: this is absolutely horrifying to him he's probably just a bit like oh that was weird yeah so then came yet another ghost tour they started in the same area the kitchen staff room cammy was there too and this time they came with a spirit box so Kim did the normal presentation of the tall man and the little boy, but this time when they appeared, they both seemed to be pointing at something behind the investigators. Everyone turned to look, and sure enough, there was a solid black mass floating in midair, watching the ghost hunters.
0: That's weird. I,
2: Yeah, I just... um. As much as I love ghost stories, I just don't think I'd be the sort of person that would stay around for much longer to see anything well, else. I don't even think I'd I go on
0: a ghost tour, to be honest.
2: Yeah, I think I'd pat myself before I'd even go in. I'd be like, oh no, and, like build it up <laughs> yeah, too much. Too.
0: I think
1: I'd go on one, but if I saw a black mass floating, I'd be like, yep, I'm out. I honestly don't
0: think I could go on one. What, too frightened or? Yeah.
1: I don't know. Part of me is like, I'd love to, because I'd love to like see some of the evidence, and I'd be so terrified. And the other part of me is just like, yeah, I'm
0: a, I'm a scaredy puss. And I'm so easily like, I feel like because I do believe in it, I'd be like, oh my god, like I'd just be terrified. Yeah,
1: and I'd always been thinking, what if they come home with me?
0: Yeah. Mm. Oh, what if the ghost from work comes home with me? Oh. So, no. t- you have to tell it to go away and not now
1: because I'm trying to sleep. Oh, I feel sick Like now. the man <laughs> did. <laughs> did you see
0: the CCTV
1: footage that Becky's sister sent, Tash?
0: Oh, yeah. No, I feel like I've missed so much. Was it over the weekend? I,
1: f- I can't remember when she sent it. but oh, I'm yeah. so- it's
0: because I'm I working it- so much. I'm so sorry. I just missed stuff
1: She, um, yeah, so she basically... What was she leaving or something? She was about to leave and she was checking the CCTV. So there's multiple cameras of areas of where she works. And you can just see this black mass like scoot across the cameras on two different cameras. Yeah,
2: Uh, like one after... It's like... Is she still at a hotel? I've just sent it now. uh, Yeah, in a hotel and it's in the bar area. I've just sent it. You can see it goes past one camera... And then it goes past another bit in a way that you can tell it's not the screen buggering up because yeah. it's all little screens. It's really
0: weird. Oh, oh, that's weird, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. We can't post that to the page, though, because obviously it's CCTV and it's, you know, private property and all that. But yeah, freaky shit. Yeah. It looks like a Dementor. I would. Yes, it does. That's exactly what it looks like, a
0: Dementor. Yeah, but mate, hotels are fucking weird. When I worked at the hotel some eerie shit happened all the time.
1: And why are we only hearing about this now?
0: <laughs> Cause I'm so rubbish at telling you anything.
1: Literally, Tash has this amazing story about a haunted a haunted house in France that we're never gonna hear about. No,
0: it's coming, it is coming. I asked my grandparents the other day about it too.
1: Okay. I'll tell you what, first episode of second season, are we going are we gonna hear about it?
0: What, of chills and kills, or are we going to do it on a main episode?
1: I think you should do it on a main if it's like. Yeah, that... fine,
0: I can. Yeah.
1: First yeah. episode.
0: Yeah? Yeah, yeah.
1: Deal. Deal.
0: And then you're just coming
1: out with, like, oh, yeah, I experienced loads of eerie shit at this hotel. And we're like, what? We've been doing this podcast for 29 episodes. i but
0: I think I heard so many things from other people that I freaked myself out. Yeah. And because I because i was looking after it at one point on my like i was the acting manager for like six months during the lockdown when it was closed but i had to go to it and do all the security checks on my own
1: yeah no i wouldn't
0: like that but i took my children because obviously they protect me from anything scary wouldn't they
1: yes but i don't know if you're like me when your kids are with you you're in mum mode yeah like you're you're the protector yeah. And you kind of get that mummy bear instinct. And Don't get you're me wrong,
0: not- I s- still didn't do the security checks as I was meant to do because I was too scared. <laughs> and then one time I went and the alarm was going off, like the uh, fire alarm was going off. And uh, I just silenced it because I thought, I'm not dealing with that. So I just turned it off. Uh, there obviously wasn't a fire. But, oh, I've got to say, are you, fire marshal, no, with your megaphone? Yeah, I, uh, it's not the same place. Um, but I didn't investigate further as to why the alarm was going off.
1: Isn't that, like, highly irresponsible, though?
0: Yeah, really irresponsible. But what were they going to do? Yeah. Sack me? No, because there was nobody else to do your job. So, sorry, Anne. People could have burnt alive, Tash. No, there was nobody in the hotel.
1: Oh, okay, fair enough then, yeah. Oh, if there
0: was people at the hotel, would have checked. There was no one there. It was oh, empty. that's okay. It was during lockdown. You leave out all the important details,
1: like, Anybody listening is going to think, well, she's crazy. What, no, if everybody no, dies? I said it was
0: during lockdown when I was acting manager. Okay. I had to go and do the security checks. And one time I went and did the security check and the fire alarm was going off. And in big buildings like that, you can see on the fire panel what zone the fire alarm's going off in. Yeah. Yeah. So I just didn't go check. I was just like, okay, well, there's clearly no fire. So, you know. Turn that one luck. off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it probably was just, like, one of the fire alarm batteries dying, but I'd also heard stories from... I was, like, looking after it during the second lockdown, and there were stories of, in the first lockdown, that people had got into hotels and were, like, squatting in them. Oh, no. Yeah, which, like unsurprisingly, like, it's not that hard to break in, is it? Um I don't know <laughs> yeah, wouldn't... like they're old buildings. It's not that hard, but i've I wasn't checking whether someone was squatting in there, like live your life on
1: no, yeah, no, you definitely don't wanna be doing that and also that. when
2: when people wanna get in somewhere they will at work, we had uh, oh yeah someone's property get broken into, and they went at the door uh doing their but uh, with a screwdriver whatever they do to unlock the door yeah. or try and break the lock and it didn't work so they broke into the garage and got a massive pickaxe like for the from sort of thing that you'd see in a murder movie yeah. and they went and hacked at the door and then ended up breaking and smashing windows oh, you probably wouldn't have so when they wanted to that. get they wanted to get in luckily of no one was home um and it's sad that they um obviously their house was broken into but if they really want to get in they'll get yeah on.
1: right on that happy thought shall but i continue that's by- terrifying yeah. that's <laughs> that's more scary than this you think
2: you're safe but if they want to get in they'll hear's johnny you right enough of Which that is basically what they did
1: shenanigans thank you here's johnny so to get on a happier subject let's get back to this hovering black mass yeah
2: Yes, please. Yes. I'm much happier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he was just in the corner, floating, watching the investigation go on. He wasn't doing anything or bothering anybody. So they just continued the same torch communication that they'd used the previous times. But the black mass would keep moving towards the young boy and the tall man. And they, in return, would back off as if they were afraid of it. Then from the spirit box came an angry voice we're not performing monkeys. Immediately Cammy apologised for anything coming across like that and that they only wanted to learn more about the spirits in their previous lives and they meant no disrespect. Kim however felt that this was aimed at him. He was left feeling a bit guilty because he thought that actually yes he was using the spirits as a form of entertainment for his business. And he recalled a previous EVP that he'd once caught that said, treat us with respect or face the consequences. So it was at that point that he realised that the man and the boy that had followed him home was simply trying to warn him or maybe even protect him against what they knew was coming. So he now calls them the messengers and warns any investigators that there are three spirits in that room. The shadow figures are fine to communicate, but if they see a solid black mass, to leave him alone because he does not want to communicate. And if they don't leave him alone, that they continue at their own risk. Yeah. So speaking of foreboding black figures, one lady on a ghost tour said the entire tour she felt like someone was behind her. She just assumed it was another member of her team until she turned around to talk to them. And to her horror... She saw a man in black who kind of felt like he'd been caught, you know, that she'd seen him. And he proceeded to climb up the wall to the ceiling to hide. (sighs) The nursing staff at the retirement home that was attached to Asylum 49 until it closed down, the retirement home, not Asylum 49, also reported a scary looking man in black. One night, they saw him walk past the nurse's station and into a patient's bedroom. When they got to the patient's door to check all was okay, the door was locked and no one was opening it. They had to get maintenance to come and remove the door from its hinges. When they entered, the man in black was nowhere to be seen, but the patient had sadly passed away. So was the spirit there collecting his soul and helping him cross like some sort of grim reaper? Or did he, in fact, cause the death? We will never know. The nursing home was also haunted by the spirit of a nurse, who, as far as I can tell, isn't aware that she's dead. The nurses would frequently go to check patients, only to be told, no, it's fine, the nurse in white has already been to check on me. No one in that retirement home wore white scrubs. They were all coloured or patterned. So our last little story of the evening is from a security guard at Asylum 49 called Buck, who's worked there for many, many years. One day, the hospital had been selected to host Paracon, which is a paranormal convention. And the place Uh was buzzing with all sorts of ghost hunters, investigator teams, and even some paranormal celebrities. Buck was doing his rounds of the place with Misty when they both heard a small, Help me! They rushed to see who was in need of help, and they arrived near room 20, where a recliner was always placed kind of out in the hallway in front of the room. And there, there was an elderly lady sat in the chair. Are you okay? Buck asked. Do you need help? The lady nodded. He's being mean to me. Who's being mean to you? replied Buck. And then a second figure appeared. Whereas the lady appeared solid and as real as could be, This new figure was a shadowy, misty entity. Buck, unfazed by this after witnessing many paranormal events over the years, simply helped the lady out of the chair and took her back inside room 20. He said she did not just let go, she slipped her hand into his as if to say thank you. He says it was by far the best thing that he'd ever witnessed. He has seen her a couple of times since then, but now she has a totally different demeanour. She seems relaxed and happy. A few days later, an EVP was caught in room 20, just saying, yeah, he helped me. And there you go. That's the end of part two.
0: Oh, there you go. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Do you not think it's a bit horrible that...
2: They have a retirement home right next to an insane asylum. Well, it's, or, or a mental hospital. And you could be like, oh, Roger, you better start behaved." Well, I don't behaving. think it was a mental not, we'll hospital, take you next was it? Door.
1: No, it was never actually an asylum. It's called Asylum 49, but it was just a hospital. Ah, oh. So it was never actually... Never an official asylum. No, never. They've just given it that yeah. name to make it sound a bit more creepy. Yeah. Yeah. But... Yeah, having a retirement home next to an extremely haunted building full of ghosts. Probably not the best. Yeah. yeah. No. And uh yeah, apparently they they qu- they they said the the children um the children's spirits would appear in the no- in the nursing home. And if some of the patients in there started saying they'd seen the kids that the the staff knew that they were going to pass away soon.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh.
1: But that's all closed down now, and I I think that Kim Anderson and Cammy have bought it, bought that half of the building as well, so they, they now own the entire thing.
0: Oh, there you go.
1: And after what I've gathered, I think he's going to turn it into some kind of community centre.
0: Oh, what, for ghosts? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, his whole thing was, when he was a younger kid, a haunted house kind of saved him from the wrong path yeah yeah (laughs) and the the haunted house he runs now is a lot of young people the cast members and etc yeah and it's like a big family atmosphere and you know everybody looks after everybody else and i think he wants to open a community center just so that people have a place to go and you know hang out i think sweet do not feel lonely yeah yeah totally so that's us done for another episode ladies well, thanks, babes. Uh, the pair of you—that was really good. No props, no props. One more to go. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: One more to go. Are we next episode? Are we doing because it's a we said every ten that we'd swap over. We're we doing that, or we're we not doing that this time. Soon as it's the end of the well, Emma's oh no no we can't because we're the part show. three, haven't we? Oh yeah, no, yes. I can't swap because I've got my part three. Oh, we'll do it at episode forty instead.
1: Yeah, we'll do that. We can do it every twenty episodes. We can do it. Every, we can do whatever the hell we want. We
2: can do whatever yeah. we want. Yeah. Might do it at thirty-two, just random. Yeah,
1: who knows? Keep everyone on their exactly. toes. Exactly. Keep them. Guessing. You never know what you're going to hear. Keep them guessing. God, you never know what you're going to hear anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff that
2: we cut out as well is just oh my. Yeah. You think it's bad, what you hear is bad. Nothing else. (laughs) Mm
1: Why? Tash is just randomly singing in the background, for example. No idea why. Yeah, she's like,
0: (laughs) woo. Yeah. Because I like singing. All right. Oh, yeah. I'm basically hoping that somebody hears my beautiful singing and signs me to a record deal.
1: I don't think that's going to happen through this podcast, sweetheart. Um,
0: I think you're wrong. Okay. I sing like an angel? <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's been absolutely joyful, ladies.
1: um I'll link all our socials and email, etc. in the description of the episode. Please get in touch with us, followers. And, you know, if you're enjoying the show, please don't hesitate to rate, to give us a little rating or subscribe or... Leave us a review because it really does help us out. It really does, so please do that. It really does.
0: So let's wrap it up. Stay safe out there, guys. Don't kill people
1: and keep it weird. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye.